Hey, Mary. Yes, Katie? What's orange and sounds like a parrot? Ah, uh, oh no. Um, an orange? I don't know. A carrot? <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if we could really classify this as a pirate joke, but I found it on a pirate joke website and <laughs> you know what? It made I think, me laugh too hard. I think it works. I think it works. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the HBO show Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we'll be taking a deep dive into episode six, The Art of Fuckery, or the one where we don't know if Steed is competent or incompetent or both, and we don't know if Izzy is queer or homophobic or both. But first, let's go have a look at the results of our Twitter poll. This week we asked you... What is your favorite party activity? First of all, I have to apologize for the Canadian spelling of favorite. <laughs> That's all right. All spellings allowed here. <laughs> Some of my favorite people are Canadian, so it's okay. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. There are four options. Harpsichord shanties, palpating dents, not palpitating, <laughs> stark revelations, or fleecing the aristocracy. And in today's culture of eat the rich, hell yeah, uh, it's no surprise that fleecing the aristocracy won with 51.6%. <laughs> there you go. This was, uh, this, <laughs> this, you know, it makes sense. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's the most delicious one of them all, except for Stark Revelations, which actually came in last. Which is surprising considering that that's what actually takes down the aristocracy in this one. I feel that's like we true. need to be a little bit more um, strategic about, about what we're doing here. Yes, yes. Uh, harpsichord shanties was number two mm -hmm. palpating dents and then coming in last with stark revelations well that's okay we'll have a chance to take down the aristocracy next time hopefully yes and burn their ship <laughs> <laughs> are we ready to dive into the episode i think so Okay, so this is the second episode that you're watching with me, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And what what did you think about this one? Overall? Yeah, overall. Stark revelations. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is just really a journey about Ed. Now, of course, our crew did such a great job, but really that was kind of a little side plot and what poor Lucius was going through. Oh my goodness, uh, Lucius. Wow. was really a side plot of Ed's secrets. Mm -hmm. A few we didn't know and were introduced to. And then the big one we did know. And they were all kind of revealed. And we come out the other side with a greater understanding and a stronger connection between the two ship captains. And it's just a really beautiful episode. I agree. Honestly, like I really loved that in this episode, everyone is kind of starting to settle into their role. And I yes. really choose my words carefully here because, mm -hmm. you know, again, the whole theatrical theme uh, comes back. And I mm -hmm. feel like on a meta level, you're seeing this homage to theater and showing that it's accessible to anybody, even pirates on a ship. Um, yes. 
but we're seeing the crew also decide on their own roles and really own them, uh, whether that's in the play or on the ship. And Steed's team building is finally paying off. And speaking of which, we're starting to see some really good emotional payoff this episode. And I, I think yes. that that's what I liked the most about it. Yeah, they're really behind him now. Mm-hmm. They seem. Yeah. You know, they they seem to be really behind him. So um, with love, you know, sometimes they, they're exasperated, but it's always, it always <laughs> seems to be with love. It's really sweet. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a tremendous amount of support for Steed that we're seeing in this episode that I'm not sure we yes. would have seen in previous episodes. So no. there's clearly something going on there. There's some bonding happening. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Are you ready to take us through the episode? Yes. Speaking of bonding... We open on golden hour, you know, that beautiful Mm. hour before sunset that it's just everything is soft and beautiful. Yeah. And speaking of soft and beautiful, (laughs) Steed and Blackbeard (sighs) are sitting with their feet over the edge of the ship and they have drinks and they are chit-chatting and throwing their head back in laughter and just really conspiratorially with their foreheads together, not touching, but just, I mean, the camaraderie, the intimacy, the, the friendship is really shining through and it's this beautiful golden scene. Yeah. And you're not really hearing their dialogue. There's a little bit of dialogue you can hear, but it's just you know, a fantastical story that's being told. And uh, we're we're hearing some voiceover from Izzy, but I'll get to that in a second. The next shot is the crew on the deck, all kind of chit-chatting. And notably, Izzy isn't there. He's in the background. Mm -hmm. But Fang and Ivan are there. And everyone's sitting around talking, really having a nice, relaxing time. And on the edge is Blackbeard and Steed. But Blackbeard is has his back completely turned from the crew. He is focused only on Steed, who's on the very end. And he's lounging and just talking, chit-chatting. They're having such a good time. It's very intimate. It's very, I'm very relaxed with this group, but I'm focused on you. Yeah. It looks like a campfire, you know, with a bunch of teenagers sitting around it. And yeah, this is absolutely. obviously a couple, you yeah. know. <laughs> So we're just seeing the fruits of the labors of them connecting. Mm -hmm. And now we hear Izzy's voiceover that has been going on this whole time. He says, we've been almost a fortnight aboard the Revenge, and I'm starting to suspect that Edward has no intention of ending Steed Bonnet's life. If I didn't know better, I'd say he's somehow become seduced by this imbecile. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, I just... Before we go any further mm-hmm. about the seducing part, because it's very, it's very strong language. Mm-hmm. I, I, who is Izzy talking to? Like, you know, is he writing? It seems like a journal. So, so, so you're, so, okay. So you agree then that he's writing in his diary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because it sort of feels like a captain's log, but he's not a captain. So he's not basically like, and he's not writing a letter. So then he must be writing in his diary. He is definitely writing okay. in his diary. All right. So he's like, dear diary, my boyfriend has been seduced by another man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. Uh-huh. I would say okay. so. All right. Just, I was just checking. 
Unless we find out later. But I mean, I don't think it changes much if he's writing to a friend about it. <laughs> Either way. Either he's way. still talking about Ed being seduced by Steed. Mm-hmm. So now they are sword fighting. Ed and Steed are on the deck fighting alone. And they're training, ostensibly. And it's it's very dark. They're silhouetted by the moon. They're again out in the moonlight. Yes. Again. How many times do these men stand in the moonlight? It's amazing. <laughs> so they're sword fighting. Uh, Steed ends up blocking or Ed and someone ends up blocking. So they're like their swords are crossed and Blackbeard kind of turns around and parries and ends up smacking Steed on the rear instead of you know, stabbing him or instead of, you know, obviously this is training. So he kind of yeah, smacks exactly. him to show like, oh, this is your defense. You know, you kind of yeah. left yourself open. Gotcha. Yeah. Blackbeard says, you are improving, kind of. <laughs> and Steed says, oh. yeah, well, it's been days since I've cut myself on my sword. Oh, nope. There we go. Oh, Steed. <laughs> He's so cute. He does that humor so well. Reese Darby is amazing. Mm-hmm. So... Blackbeard at this point says, you know what? If you wanted, I could teach you a more advanced trick of the trade. And he tosses his sword, opens his jacket, and says, stab me. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Steed is noticeably like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. He says, oh, what's wrong? Are you scared? Take your sword. Run me through. No. And he says, no worries. Then I'll just have to shoot you. And uh, Steed definitely believes him. He's like, oh, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> no, what are you doing? Like, don't shoot me. He immediately starts yelling, don't shoot me. And so now it's kind of come to a head. I mean, he, I think he knows enough about Blackbeard to know that, like, this is, he's serious. He will actually do it. Right. And I think for us, too, you know, like, the first time that I watched it, I was convinced that he was going to shoot him if he didn't, mm-hmm. if Steed didn't stab him, right? Yeah. But, of course, like, on second watch it feels a lot different oh yeah yeah right like it doesn't feel like such a threat anymore yeah and you know like he w- he wasn't going to shoot maybe maim him but that's about it yeah like maybe he'd shot at his feet or something but i mean guns back then probably were not very precise so you never know but i mean they're mm-hmm, walking true. around with stab wounds all the time so it doesn't seem like they're very worried about their safety i i still maintain <laughs> that these wounds <laughs> will kill these people but okay <laughs> that's what you want to do <laughs> that's that's clearly not the reality that our flag means death lives in so that's no, okay there you go <laughs> exactly so he says this is a life act now or die and he starts counting and says <laughs> blackbeard says come at me dog <laughs> and he, which is interesting for what happens throughout the rest of the episode is that he calls him a dog here the whole that's true rest of the episode he you know when izzy points out that he's like his pet it's just really interesting that he calls him dog here which is a derogatory term that pirates do use calling someone a Mm -hmm. dog but but it's just interesting language there um and steed stabs him (laughs) and it's it's hmm. we need to stop and talk about this action and what it symbolizes and uh but first he says uh you managed to avoid all the important bits 
He says he's done it a dozen times, and the key is to take the blade where it does the least damage. He's pretending like he's in control of this. I, I just kind of love that it's he's like, you know, oh, well, I positioned myself in this way. Like, like the stabby is in control rather than the stabber, but... Okay. <laughs> right. No, I mean, this is, again, this is our flag means death. I think, you yes. know, like, I'm not even going to yeah, go into that about, like, proper anatomy here. Like, yeah. this is, either way, <clears throat> stabbing bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would think so. In the 1700s, stabbing equals death. But, uh, so having gone through that, this scene is incredibly intimate. And not to mention the symbolism of getting, quote, run through. Yeah, the crossing of the swords. Like, I mean, it's it's very phallic. Yes. Um, it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, the goal is to, to, to make a, a, a euphemism for sex, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Penetration, all kinds of stuff. Um, and it's compounded by Izzy's reaction because it turns out he is... <laughs> standing behind the mast or sitting behind the mast hearing the grunts and the groans and it's very much that Izzy thinks they're having sex but so well that's my question like does he think that they're having sex or or, like is he just mad that they're close like is because it really looks like he's about to cry you know like he's so mad Uh, he looks like he has tears in his eyes right i mean because he's not angry he is angry but he is also extremely upset i mean if you watch him and i watched him several times because you pointed out to me you're like is he crying Mm. and i went back and watched it and he he is he's extremely upset in in not an angry way in in not an offended way, but maybe offended as, like, betrayed? Well, so that's kind of my question, because is he... I'm not sure if he's upset because he's jealous of what's happening, or if he's upset because he thinks that Ed is debasing himself with this man, mm. and if there isn't a hint of... Well, a, a very large serving of homophobia with it. So I, yeah. I, I can't quite make out... I think you're right. Because the way he's okay. saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, as if, oh, I can't believe I'm hearing what I'm hearing. This is disgusting. But I don't I don't know if I get the disgust more than more than disbelief. B- well, there you go. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Right. I don't know if it's because he's homophobic or if it's because he's jealous. Everything both. that Izzy's because done it- has been confounding. Everything everybody else has done has seemed pretty clear. But yeah. like with the daddy thing last time and this, it's it's very confounding to me. That's actually something that I find really interesting because everybody in this universe is allowed to be who they are without just being coded. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can be explicitly queer. They're kissing uh, people of the same sex, you know, like... It's very out in the open, except for Izzy. Mm-hmm. Izzy is the only one who is queer coded, yes. but never openly queer. Right. And I just find that really interesting in a show like this. And I'm sure that there's a message behind it. I'm just not quite sure what it is right now. Mm-hmm. And like, 
just just for like the little story because in episode four we also read like ed and izzy's relationship as a parallel to steed and mary's yes again because this show has allowed everybody to just be in whatever queer relationships they wanted to be in just as much as the straight ones if not more we Mm -hmm. really haven't seen anything that would lead us to think that ed and izzy are an item or a couple like it's only been coded that way it's Mm -hmm. not out in the open so either way like I think it can definitely be read as that and personally that's where I'm leaning but I just I find it interesting that it's just coded so do you think they actually have some sort of relationship I think so okay see I mean I'm extremely open to it um but I don't think it's actually happened yet I think I think if you really press me to it, that Izzy is infatuated with him, doesn't exactly know why. I think he's in love Mm. with him and he can't really admit it to himself. And he's thinking, well, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just his first mate. This is, um, you know, that he is truly closeted even in his own mind. He has internalized homophobia. He can't admit to himself Mm. that he's actually in love with him. And everyone else is out in the open. I mean, if you see, we'll talk about it later when he's like, oh, trouble in paradise. You know, there's, everyone else is very much like, oh, yeah, I mean, you love him, but okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't think he can admit that to himself. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, so... (laughs) it's a very intimate scene where he said, I stabbed you, you nut. And he said, Oh, you managed to avoid all the important bits. He says something about the liver being on, um, again, I'm, I'm not (laughs) going to worry about human anatomy on this show. Yeah. (laughs) I, you know, more important things to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, um, now they're trying to get the sword out and he says, you know, just relax a little. Then you gently tug and there's a lot of groaning and grunting going on. Mm-hmm. And this is when they cut to Izzy behind the mast, extremely oh upset. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they go to the title card, which is in the moon. In the moon. With the moon, which is so important in this episode. Really I'm so is, excited yeah. to talk about the symbolism of the moon here. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Do you want to go ahead and talk about it now? Uh, I'm going to keep it for a little okay. bit later, actually. Okay. I'm right. just going to keep that in my back pocket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we cut to back on the deck with the entire crew, except for so except for Izzy, Fang, and Ivan. They're out. They're on another part of the deck. Steed is telling uh, a, like a scary story, <laughs> and he ends <laughs> it saying the man had a hook for a head so stupid and his crew is like uh that's really stupid (laughs) like what do you mean how does he talk how does i love i love how does he kiss he doesn't kiss how does he kiss and steve said he he doesn't kiss no one likes him that was my favorite line I just honestly like that line really made me think of, you know, how in fandom you've got like the people who love the villains and yeah. then the people who are like, no, the villains are villain. <laughs> like, I totally think that Steed is definitely one of those that's like, no, the villain is a villain. Yeah. I don't like him. Roach is like, no, let's kiss. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they say, um, you know, that's not scary at all. And Black Pete, ever the Blackbeard simp, says, I bet Blackbeard knows a scary story. Uh, what's the scariest you've, thing you've ever seen, sir? And Blackbeard says, oh, that's hard to say because I don't feel fear. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, of course not, of course not. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
So he says, but I think the scariest thing I've ever seen would probably be the Kraken. Ooh. And everyone says, well, the Kraken's not real, though. And he says, I remember when I used to think that. This is where we cut to Izzy and Ivan and Fang. And Ivan is saying, so the plan's off. And yeah, I guess we're not killing this guy now. And Izzy's disputing that. No, the plan is very much alive. He promised me. (gasps) The way he says that, it's like, you know, the promises that they make to each other really mean something. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) Ivan says, this is the most open and available I've ever seen him. (laughs) Seems like he's having an awfully nice time. (laughs) I'm like, oh, Ivan, (laughs) that's so sweet. Then we are cutting to Blackbeard telling the story of the Kraken. He says he was just a young waif on a late night walk. There was an old drunkard stumbling home. And out of the corner of his eye, he glimpses something stirring and it's a hideous creature. Tentacles rise up out of the water. It grabbed him, tried to warn him, but it was too late. And the creature had him in his grasp, flinging him around and wringing him out like a fucking bar rag. All the while we see this playing out in front of us and a very large octopus-like creature strangling this guy in front of this small kid. Um, And he says, that poor wretch, that was my dad. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts about this scene, but Mm -hmm. like, um, again, I just, I want us to have another piece of the puzzle before we can really take it apart, if you don't mind. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, it's really hard for me to not say anything right now, but I'm I'm gonna (laughs) hold myself back. Sure, sure. Yeah, later when we, when we revisit this scene, that'll be a little bit more interesting to talk about. So right now, it's just kind of a scary story. And he, he kind of shrugs it off saying, the good news is my dad was a dick. Yeah. But he says, I learned something that night. Fear is the most powerful emotion. Turn your enemy's worst fear against them and you'll own them. Which is very good advice. (laughs) Steed pipes up and says, I've often said that. And they're like, Steed. Have you now? Frenchie was really sweet and offered Steed an out and said, well, maybe you said it on your own. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And see, I think that that's really interesting because we're starting to see the crew, like, giving him, like, good faith. They're, like, offering him the benefit of the doubt, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas, like, when they were making the flags in episode one, that was not a thing. Yeah. And I think maybe um, now that they've kind of been under Izzy's thumb for a while and also the fear of being killed by Blackbeard, even though they revere him, that they're like, actually, Steed's not too bad. If we can, like, put up with these guys for a little while, maybe we can go back to just chilling. Yeah. So they ask about how do you go about tapping into an enemy's fear? And Blackbeard's kind of evasive. Oh, well, maybe I'll tell you someday. And he says, but be careful what you ask your God for. And then it gets really ominous. And it's cutting to Steed actually sleeping. You still hear Blackbeard finish that sentence. And he says, she might just answer. I love that he he uses the she pronoun for God. I know. I mean, Ed (laughs) said God is a woman. Like, that's all I have to say about this. I love it. I love it. So Buttons is waking up Steed, and he's in a fully white dressing gown, white cap. He looks like Bob Cratchit. And Buttons is very scared, says there's something witchy afoot. So they go out on the deck. It's a really green fog. And Buttons is really freaked out, 
says it's abnormal. He sticks his tongue out like a snake and says it tastes abnormal. <laughs> and Steed says, anyone seen Blackbeard? Blackbeard says, over here, child. And he's standing on like the railing of the deck. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny. He said, child. I don't really know <laughs> what's going on there. I feel like it's just because it's a part of the persona. The routine. You know, it's the, mm-hmm. the, it's the, it's the script. Yes. Uh, of Blackbeard. And so when Ed becomes Blackbeard, that's his script. And he's just going right. to say the script. Also, though, even though it's very clearly Taika Waititi, these three times you see him, uh, it can't be. Like, they show you later that it was all an illusion. But we see him close up. Like, we see his face. Like, it's yeah. very clearly him. It's not his crew dressed up as him as they as they're trying to say like we fully see the illusion as if we're seeing it through steed's eyes yeah that's true so they show blackbeard on the rail very clearly taika watiti Mm -hmm. and then they cut to him standing near the mast and it's very clearly taika watiti i mean like it's the close-up on his face and he says or am i here and then he's up on the mainsail being lowered down with rope and there's sparks flying everywhere and thunder and lightning. And he says, flee and survive or face me and burn. And it's very clearly Taika Waititi and it couldn't be all three, but we're seeing it like that. So I think it was an interesting choice not to have him like cloaked in shadow and actually see the parts and pieces like we see later in Steve. That's so true. I didn't even think about that, honestly. I, I sort of just like chalked it up to the fact that it's our flag means death and that some things are just not going to make sense and that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but I really like how you're looking at this. It makes a lot of sense. In this, Lucius pointed at Blackbeard and Buttons ends up biting his finger and he's like, what the fuck? You bit me, which is what he's been wanting to do this entire time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as Blackbeard's being lowered... A down the swede starts freaking out and he jumps overboard in fear yeah. oh, and swede. blackbeard immediately puts a stop to whoa hey okay okay give it a rest we've got a man overboard uh it's a bit too much atmosphere anyway yeah. <laughs> and one of his crew members says it's my fault boss oh and this is when steed realizes it's all an illusion yeah exactly Yeah. So (laughs) Blackbeard is hanging about two feet from a barrel on these ropes and Steed's looking up, talking to him, saying, oh, my God, it's brilliant. And this is where Blackbeard says, or as I like to call it, the art of fuckery. So we cut over to Lucius and Buttons, where Buttons is apologizing. He said, you triggered my fight or bite response (laughs) instead of fight or flight. And Lucius asks why he has a splinter. Yeah. And he says, oh, that'll be from my summer teeth. teeth. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls it out and it's like, I don't, it doesn't show it close enough, but it's obviously there, there's wood and there's, and there's all teeth. And he says, see summer teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Some ain't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. I don't know. That line will forever remind me of, uh, um, how I met your mother oh because robin at one point goes they're my summer teeth some are here some are there oh yeah <laughs> i forgot that 
that line. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so when I heard Summer Teeth, I knew exactly what was coming and I was just like, yes. <laughs> Steed is still standing next to Blackbeard. He's still hanging and he's, you know, talking to him about this. And Izzy comes up because Steed has called Blackbeard Ed. Yeah. And he comes up around the barrel and he says, his name is Blackbeard Dog. <gasps> right. I think uh, again, he's calling bl- the dog. He, his name is Blackbeard to you, dog. No, is that not what he says? I think so. Well, hold on. Let me look at no, he says his name is Blackbeard Dog. His name is Blackbeard Dog. Interesting. I, I okay. Yeah. I just I like I think so I think it really matters like how people introduce themselves. And so mm-hmm. since Ed has introduced himself as Ed to Steed, mm-hmm. like I've been trying to really consciously call him Ed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I find I use them pretty interchangeably. I hope it doesn't confuse people. I mean, I don't think so because it's used pretty interchangeably on the show. Like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I just find it really telling that Izzy doesn't want Steed calling him Ed. Like, yeah, he can call him Edward. Yeah, I was gonna say he doesn't call him Ed no. necessarily. He calls him Edward. Edward, which is funny to me because I know I can I know at least three people who are married to men who have names that are sh- very easily and commonly shortened, mm-hmm. like Daniel to Dan and Patrick to Pat. And I know their husbands by their shortened names, but the their wives call them their full name. Interesting. And, and I don't know why. <laughs> That's really interesting. And I'm just like... Okay, like I was introduced to him as Pat. I call him Pat. And for some reason, and you were introduced to him as Pat. And then for some reason, at some point, you decided to start calling him Patrick. And like, that's what you call him. <laughs> and it's a very, and it's very funny to me because when they say Patrick and then, and then I just come back with Pat, I'm like, am I supposed to be changing this? I mean, it's your <laughs> husband. I don't want to like seem too informal with your husband. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 no, it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. So this just kind of smacks of that to me. Like, yeah. well, you know, he might be your Ed, which is very casual, but he's my Edward. This right. is much more formal. Which you think would be the opposite, because usually you're more formal with people you know, people you don't know as well. Yeah, that's also true. And that that's kind of the whole thing. I hadn't even thought about that. So thank you for really bringing it up, because the way that I originally saw it is that he really wants people to call him like by his stage name, which is Blackbeard, mm-hmm. or by the, mm-hmm. you know, the name of the persona that he's created. And like, he yeah. really wants that distance between Ed oh, and yeah. Steed. I, I read that too. Okay. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I really like that that thing about the full name versus the shortened one. And again, yeah. like it makes me wonder, is is he jealous or homophobic or both? I think both. I think both too. I think he has a gut reaction of jealousy and he can't figure out why. And he wants to do it in the guise of I'm his first mate. Oh my God, we'll get to it when he talks to Steve in the library. Mm. Okay, we, we're going to get to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So he says his name is Blackbeard Dog, and this is Steed. Steed goes, oh, looks like there's trouble in paradise, and walks away. Yes. I mean, hello. Right, (laughs) exactly. uh, They're just out there calling it as it is, and Izzy can't admit it. It's amazing. This was a very interesting scene where Ed asks him to get him down out of the ropes, 
and Izzy's trying to maneuver him and he ends up with his head between his legs. And this is where Ed seems very embarrassed. We have not seen Ed embarrassed. We have seen him be extremely silly and owning it. We've seen him be weird. We've seen him look like a fool and he doesn't care. I think, yeah, I think what we're seeing here is a lack of synchronicity. And yes, Ed is feeling yes. it, especially as compared to like the the sword fight earlier where mm-hmm. there was a synchronicity there. Here, there's no synchronicity. They're basically both trying to do the same thing in very different ways, and they can't yeah. agree with with how they're doing. And I think that it shows with like how Ed is trying to tell Izzy how to do it, and then Izzy just goes like, "Oh, you know, you just know everything, don't you?" And again, like that yes. smells very strongly of like a couple's fight. Oh, it's marital discord. Right. I don't. Yeah, we're we're trying to achieve the same goal, but we just can't get there because we're trying to achieve it by different means. Yeah. And it just, we're just butting heads. Yeah. So, yeah, Izzy gets really angry. You seem to know everything about everything in the whole fucking world. And he walks off, leaving Izzy, <laughs> leaving Ed hanging there. <laughs> Literally leaving him hanging. I love it. Yeah. Which is interesting considering that, you know, um, Ed saved Steed from hanging. Mm-hmm. It's also inter- it's also interesting considering how we end the episode with Steed skewered and left essentially hanging. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Very <laughs> so, true. We'll get there though. So he says, You left me hanging up there for 20 minutes, not bloody optimal. And this is when he's walked into what is this room that they keep going into? It's kind of like the belly of the boat. It there's overhead like Yeah, it's right um, below deck, basically, but I don't know the name of the room. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, the belly of the boat is the way I kind of see it. I mean, I'm sure that Steed has a really fancy name for it. You know, it's probably, he probably calls it like the common room or something. Yeah, it's like the rec room or something. Yeah. (laughs) So he walks down there. Um, Izzy is standing there very formally with Ivan and Fang flanking him. Uh, I wonder if he set up this formation to look intimidating. I'm not sure. Or if they just kind of know that's how Izzy likes to roll. Um and Blackbeard walks in and is like, you know, you left me hanging up there. What's what's all this, you know? So Izzy reminds him, do you remember your policy about pets aboard your vessel? And he says, yeah, they no pets. They befoul the ship. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, I, but it's such a Dean thing, you know, like no dogs yeah. in the Impala. They stink it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Ivan says, you know what else you said? You said the love of a pet makes a man weak. And he's like, I said that. Okay, well, whatever. Mm. Like, again, he was cultivating a persona that is not actually his. So he doesn't really remember what he said because he doesn't believe it. Right. So Fang says, when I joined your crew, you made me put my dog down. Mm. Oh, that whole scene makes me so sad. Fang deserves a dog. Give Fang a dog. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, he ha- he needs a dog. He needs a dog. Oh, I'm hope, telling you, honestly, like along with, you know, the, the campaign to renew it, I really want them to yeah. give Fang a dog. <laughs> well, you know, they keep having different hashtag campaigns to, to trend, so give Fang a dog. I'm gonna petition for give Fang a dog. Seriously. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah, Fang had to put his dog down and Blackbeard said he vaguely remembers that. He seems pretty guilty oh, about yeah. it though. Izzy says Here's the rub. Me and the boys, we think you've begun to view Bonnet as a sort of pet. Mm-hmm. 
And Izzy says, you're in too deep, Edward. The best thing to do is end it quick. Um, Ed agrees. And Izzy says, the longer you wait, the harder it gets. And now Fang is crying. They're just pets. Oh, Fang. And Ivan is hugging Fang. He's up in doggy heaven now, mate. And <laughs> Fang says, yeah, but we go to different heavens. <gasps> He goes to doggy heaven. Oh, He's so sad. He is so sad. And I mean, like, with reason. The death sure. of a pet is terrible. Yeah. It's really sad. It is really sad. So we cut to Ed now on the deck, kind of looking out into the water, not looking very happy. Izzy comes up and says, I'll happily end it. And Ed says, no, it's my mess. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe while he's doing something he loves. Mm. When this all started, I thought he was kind of lying to Izzy, but apparently he wasn't. Apparently this was always the intention. And maybe he never really wanted to do it, but he felt like he had to do it. Yeah, I and think so. And maybe he still feels like he has to do it. But it's interesting. I was really worried. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like... <sighs> Yeah, I think I, I just, I mean, so again, just from a critical standpoint, like, you know that there's still so many episodes after this, so sure, you sure, can't, sure. like, Seed can't die. But right. I think for me, what I was really worried about was the quality of the relationship between Ed and Steed. Like, I, I just yes. didn't want that to decrease because of this. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't want him trying to kill him, getting in the way of their relationship kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Well, you don't want a big betrayal. You want, yeah, you know, it's exactly. sad. And it is sad because it was a betrayal, but the way the way it resolved made them stronger, I think, which is great. I think so, too. Um, but it could have tore them apart. Yeah. So, so Steed walks up very happy, very wearing this beautiful outfit. It's like a light pink, I think, or maybe a lilac. And he says, oh, there you are. According to Buttons, we should cross paths with a Dutch merchant ship tomorrow night. I thought we could take it through a bit of fuckery. And... Ed says, oh, that's a bit advanced for you. Yeah. A good fuckery takes ages to develop. And here's where Izzy pipes in and says, as much as I hate to admit it, Captain Bonnet's theatrical instincts are finely honed. He's more than up to the challenge. Mm -hmm. And of course, Steed never looks a, a, a compliment horse in the mouth and is like, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I, maybe I misjudged you. Oh, a few frilly words and he's counting ceiling tiles. Like he is just super happy about all this. Mm -hmm. He's like, maybe I misjudged you. Not I misjudged yeah. you. Maybe I misjudged maybe. you. Maybe. Yeah. A little bit. Like, eh, I thought you were a complete asshole. Yeah, but, there you go. You know. Maybe you're not that bad. <laughs> but now you're on my side. Yeah. So he's very excited. He runs off to go plan. And... Ed looks at Izzy and says, what are you doing? You know he's not up for this. And he says, oh, of course not. But he would be doing something he loved. Uh, yeah. He says, it's time, Edward. Send him to doggy heaven. <laughs> so now we have the setup. Uh, it's very ominous. Very worried about these mm -hmm. sweet babies. <laughs> I mean, I'm just... This whole exchange and this whole like struggle for power really makes me wonder who who calls the shots in that relationship. Yeah. Like is it Izzy or is it Ed? And I I'm I mean I'm gonna have more thoughts about it as the episode goes on, but like sure. I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure, but I also think this is so outside of the norm. I think if they were back on their own ship, he would doing what quote unquote normal pirates should be doing that Izzy would be in line with whatever Blackbeard said. But now Blackbeard has gotten increasingly erratic and increasingly strange. And this is Izzy trying to take control back. Like when he was in lockstep with him, it was all good. He could be his number two. But now he's like, oh, okay, no, I'm number two to someone who's lost their mind. We need to get this back under control. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, if we look at if we look at Izzy as being the enforcer of of toxic masculine standards, mm-hmm. then that makes a lot of sense because Ed doesn't want to do any of it, but yeah, it's being enforced. It's being forced upon him mm-hmm. by the standards of a lot of things: colonialism, racism, yeah, you know, misogyny, yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Steed wearing all black. His hair is a little bit more slicked down. <laughs> Um, a very dramatic <laughs> style. And uh, he's trying to, he, they're back in that belly of the boat room, like the rec room, uh, trying to get stories from the crew. I mean, he's basically dressed like he's from the 70s or something, you know, like, yeah. it's just so, so like, funny. Snaps instead of claps, you know, he's at a, he's at a poetry slam or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like a beatnik. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's so funny. Yeah. So he says, storytelling, tell me a story, go. <laughs> he points at the Swede. The Swede says, on the day I was born, the rain looked just like blood. Oh. And he's like, boring, next. I'm like, Man, that's not boring. <laughs> that's not boring. One, that's not boring at all. And like, I, so a couple days ago, I learned that like the actor who plays the Swede, who's Nat Faxon, actually uh-huh. won an Oscar for co-writing The Descendants. So I think it's just even funnier to tell him that his story was boring. <laughs> that is really funny. And I just, I love, I love that all these super talented people got together and David Jenkins was like, hey, want to do something weird? <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're all such amazing storytellers. I mean, like, I think... yes. I think Nathan Fole, who plays um, Lucius, is also a screenwriter. Yeah. Like you know, Taika Waititi oh, really? is is a director, like yeah, we, yeah. And, and a writer. Like they're all such amazing storytellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And they all got together to do something really weird, and that's super cool. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, let's see. So he points to Buttons. Buttons says he yearns to make sweet love to the sea. <laughs> Steve's like, whoa, way too personal. Uh, so he points to Black Pete and he says, go. And he says, uh, he says, come on, spit it out. And Black Pete says, I have one. And he says, terrible. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All of these stories are very bad. Thankfully, we do have a master of horror, one William Shakespeare at our disposal. He never really gets into Shakespeare. He's interrupted by Jim, says, what if I hack up a dummy with an axe? Maybe have like meat and guts and stuff coming out of it. Uh, yeah. So he says all of this is kind of a cheap scare. He's thinking of more psychological. The Swede says, I've always wanted to sing. And Black Pete says, singing's not scary. He says, well, maybe it doesn't always have to be scary. It's really cute. Yeah, maybe exactly. sometimes it can be an expression of ourselves. Mm. But at this point, everyone smells 
Lucius's finger, yeah. which is all swollen and disgusting and just super infected. And Lucius says his finger feels like fire and passes out. Oh. And they said, all right, this rehearsal is already a disaster. Let's take 20, get him to the infirmary. I love how Steed just is not phased by, yeah. by the finger. <laughs> like everyone is so grossed out and Steed is just like, ugh, I can't be bothered with this. <laughs> yes. He is very much taking on the role of, of like this art director yeah. who is just, you know, above it all. And he's like, make it work, people. Yeah, exactly. The show must go on. <laughs> So they take him to the, quote, infirmary, yeah, which, which is, is Roach's mess hall. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love this scene. This scene is amazing. Meat is meat. Knives are knives. And he says the best move here is amputation. And Fang, Fang is holding on to Lucius on one side of the window and says, oh, for God's sake, he's a, visu he's a visual artist. You can't cut off the boy's little fingies. <laughs> So cute. Bang. Yeah. And Black Pete's there too. Says, you know, is there no better option? He says, not in my professional opinion. They they hold him down. He says, I'll whack it off in one go. One or two or three. Oh, <laughs> my God. And this is when Lucius regains consciousness and says, what's happening to my dad? Black Pete says, oh, no, 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 baby. And he sees what's about to happen and pulls his hand away and runs away. And Roach is yelling after him going, it's just a dream. Come back. It's just a dream. <laughs> like he knows what's best for him. He knows it's going to have to get amputated, but he's like, <laughs> he's so unfazed by it all. He's like, oh, it's just a dream. Yeah, you You're just dreaming. Oh, man. <laughs> I love him. It, it, it has like the same... The same feel, you know, as as the bamboozling that Ed is trying to put on at the beginning, you know, like it's just an illusion. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, so we cut to Steed in his chambers and he's staring out at the sun with a drink and he says, Muse, why have you forsaken me? He's really, really gotten into this role. And Izzy is standing behind like a curtain mm -hmm. uh, that's not completely drawn uh, by the fireplace in the library and says, how goes the fuckery? And he's like, what are you doing in here? Yeah. He says, oh, I've just been taking in your library. What a perverse misuse of space. And it's just so interesting that he's kind of broken into his space. Like this is his, essentially his bedroom yeah. that Izzy has invaded. Mm -hmm. And... Steed is very dismissive. You know, if you'd kindly piss off, the fucker he's canceled. And he says, you can't cancel it. And it, at this point, Izzy has come out into like the main part of the room. And now Steed has gone behind the little curtain and he actually draws these sheer curtains in front of the fireplace. So it's very dark. It's very dramatic. Yeah. One thing I find really interesting in this exchange at the very beginning is how Izzy really, you know, like you said, he, he calls the library a perverse misuse of space, but he also says that he admires it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, you know, that, that those two that things, dichotomy there, exactly. Mm -hmm. It, it mm -hmm. sort of speaks to his queerness and his homophobia. 
Well, and something that it's like, well, I hate it. But he actually kind of kind of does maybe doesn't like hate it, it that actually. Much. <laughs> but he doesn't allow yeah. himself to like it because of the standards yes. that he upholds. Exactly. So this at this point, this exchange is so fascinating to me. They're on either side of the curtain. He can't Izzy can't see Steed because it's dark, but Steed can see kind of Izzy's silhouette. And he says, you know, the fuckery's canceled. He says, You can't cancel it. I went out on a limb for you, you little shit. And he says, well, not my problem. Why'd you even do it in the first place? And he says, because it's my job to make sure that Edward is content and he adores you. Okay. Before we go into the adore, what Uh else has Izzy been doing to content Edward? Yeah. 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 All he's been doing is pushing back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess if they were on their ship doing what Izzy expects that it would be his job to make sure that Ed is content. Mm -hmm. And Uh, and right. Like what's the job description on that? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) It took you a second, but you got there. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, she's going to get it. She's going to get it. She's going to get it. I did. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And then he adores you. Did you do any research on the historical first mate duties? (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't do that. But we're going to talk about uh, homosexuality (laughs) and pirates. That's not going to be a problem. Okay. But yeah, so and he adores you. He adores you. Right. Like adores is just it's 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 romantic, period. Like it that's, is. That's yeah. what it is. It's, and and the fact that somebody who we have linked so strongly to homophobia would use that, I think, says something. It's very interesting right. that he chose that word. Mm-hmm. He could have said, he's very fond of you. Exactly. He could have said, and for some reason he's taken an interest in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some reason he wants you to succeed. Yeah. And just took any feelings out of it. No, no, no. He said... He adores you. Yep. It's amazing. I mean, again, I, I feel like this is where I think we're finding it amazing because we're so un, not used to seeing it. It is. But I kind of want to yeah. say like for the show, this makes sense. And like, yeah. let's yeah. use this as a standard going forward. Let's yeah. not lower our standards to what we were used to before. Mm-hmm. This is the standard period. I was thinking about that earlier too. Cause I was like, Oh my God, let, we're going to freak out about da, 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 da. And I'm like, but if this was a man and a woman, we wouldn't, No, we wouldn't, you know, we'd be like, Oh, okay. All right. He, yeah. He, he adores her. her. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, yeah, we, we talk about how groundbreaking it is just because we never get to see it, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. But that's but be. that's on the TV industry. That's not on us, mm-hmm. and that's not you know what I mean. Like that's yeah. Let's let's take that up with the home team properly and say that right. this this should be the standard. So mm-hmm. thank you, our flag means death for yes redefining the standard of representation of queer representation. Yeah. And let's hope they're not an anomaly. Let's hope this is a trend. Yeah, there you go. Let's hope. Yeah. So he says, plumb the depths, perform like it's your last day on earth. Oof. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's so, just... I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> and of course, Steed is like... <gasps> Oh, yeah. Very compelled by this invitation. He doesn't know the meaning. <laughs> so he goes back. It looks like it's Frenchie. It's Jem, Olawande, uh, the Swede. And they're all making plans. And they seem very excited about it all. And Steed apologizes for his behavior. And he says he forgot the most important thing is that they are a company. So he needs to actually listen to everyone, which is very sweet. Yeah. And he wants it to be a shared vision. Mm. And <laughs> they said, oh, we've already got it all figured out. Don't worry. <laughs> and we figured out a bunch of really like scary stuff. And the Swede says, and I'm going to sing. And I find it so interesting that they continued working on it even without him. Yeah. Like he, he, yeah, they're like, Let's do this. Yeah, he gave them a task and they did it even without him there. Yeah. So clearly, like, his leadership skills have improved and his, um, and and the crew just follows him a lot more. Well, look at the, it's like the craft project. Yeah. I mean, he, they could have thrown some crap on a piece of fabric and said, here's your flag. Mm. They really got into it. So, I mean, look how creative this crew is. When yeah. you give them something to do creatively, they just thrive. Yeah. This is amazing. Exactly. It's so cute. They said the one thing they haven't got is the finale. And Steed says, I may have something, some something that'll really plumb the depths. Which is interesting wordplay because of what it turns out to be is the Kraken. So yeah. they're in the depths of the sea. <laughs> yeah. We cut to Ed. They don't ever show his hand, but he's like taking his knife and he looks like he's doing that thing that sometimes people do where you stab the knife between your fingers. Okay. So you like got that feeling really too, quickly. right? I felt like this was so yeah. like late eighties, early nineties. Like it was yeah. such a <laughs> angsty teen moment, yeah. right? Like, but they don't ever show a shot of his hand to show that it, that's what he's actually doing. No, but we all knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very funny. It was very funny to me that they didn't have that like establishing shot of, oh, well, we all know he's doing, but but that's what he was doing. He was moving. He, you can't see his other hand, but he is taking his knife and going, you know, back and forth. And he was very much doing it between his fingers, just like angsty teens do. Or did. I haven't seen that on TV in a really long time, actually. Yeah. It reminds me like a breakfast club. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. With the fingerless gloves. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. So he's talking to himself. He's like, you're a killer, bro. You're a fucking killer. So kill. (laughs) At this point, Frenchie approaches him. He is wearing like a, a black cloak. He has green makeup on his face. And he says, Mr. Blackbeard, sir, we'll be approaching the vessel in a few moments. And Captain wanted me to show you to your seat. And he's like, all right, he follows him. He takes him to Steed's chambers and it kind of puts him behind the curtain of his, um, of his bed Yeah. and says, this will be the best view for you when they come aboard. And he's like, when they come aboard, aren't we supposed to be raiding them? And he's like, yeah, he's reimagined things a bit. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> Again, it's the subversion of expectations. It's like mm-hmm. the fighting back, uh, of, of, standards of existing standards societal standards like it's it's it speaks to a lot of very important themes in a really funny way mm-hmm. so he's enticing these people onto his ship by making it appear abandoned yeah and 
I guess, you know, if you come upon a very large ship that appears abandoned, I would imagine you would explore it a little bit. I think so, because it's if it's an abandoned ship, you can always like bring it back for your king or your company or whatever, uh-huh. and then get rewarded for whatever was on there. Also, try to figure out what the heck happened, you know, maybe there's a survivor, maybe you can save them, maybe you can, you know. Sure, that, I'm like, oh yeah, that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, secondary. Yeah, oh, helping other human beings, yes, yes, that happens. <laughs> So they want to go have a look. So they get, they get on the ship and they're like, hello, anybody home? <laughs> and Steed pops up. He's holding a skull and says, only us spirits from the wretched burning depths of Hades, methinks. And then we cut to the Swede popping up. He's supposed to be also Steed. He's wearing like a little wig, also holding a skull. And he's like, what's wrong? They learned from Blackbeard. Yeah. And then they pop over and it's Black Pete wearing like essentially a mop on his head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to also be Steed. Have you stumbled onto something beyond your comprehension? Ha ha. (laughs) You know, again, the illusion was so well done that it was actually Taika Waititi being shown in these shots and then here it's so clearly the the people we know and love in really horrible costumes i mean it's the art of fuckery right so that takes a while to develop and it's and i just again i see like such a love letter to community theater there i know i know it's amazing uh so (laughs) of course the the dutch are like are um are those supposed to be the same guys <laughs> like yeah. oh with very different hairstyles <laughs> and then here's where Frenchie pops up and says i'm a witch and this is my cat and then here's wee john in like with like painted on whiskers very clearly not a cat but pretending to be a cat and i will say if this extremely large man is like fake meowing and fake hissing at me and kind of running towards me, I will run away. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very scary. 100%. It's like, oh, these people had too much mercury or something. They're insane. We yeah. should probably leave. Yeah, a little bit too much of the poppy seed juice. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's chasing them down into the ship into to take him to Steed's library. And so... Steed runs in, he hides behind the curtain with, with Blackbeard. And he's like, oh, the opening went great. Blackbeard says, I thought I heard laughter. And he's like, oh, no, that was screams. <laughs> <laughs> so they get chased into the library where everyone can watch. They cut to Buttons is pretending to, of course, eat Roach's face behind a sheet Jim is pretending to pull guts out of a person, out of a dummy, like yeah. like they had said like earlier. They said. Yeah, they they went with what yeah. they wanted to do, and I think that that's really cool. Yeah, I thought that was nice. And the entire time, Blackbeard has his knife out. Yeah, and he is very clearly like on the verge of stabbing Steed. And every time Steed kind of turns towards him to be like, "Oh, look at that," mm. he kind of hides his knife, tucks it back away. Like he has every intention. Of trying to kill this man. I, I disagree. I think he, he has every opportunity to try and kill this man. I just don't know that he really wants to. Well, he cannot bring himself to 
do it. He doesn't want to, but he feels like he has to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I hate that I thought he was lying to Izzy the whole time, but I'm like, oh, I guess he wasn't. (laughs) He was lying to himself. (laughs) You know what? Yeah, I'll take that. He was lying to himself. Um, Yeah. Especially considering what we find out later. Yeah, that's true. That he's never killed anyone. Yeah. So, like, why, why would, and if Izzy knew that, unless this is, like, his biggest kept secret. Has Izzy really ever paid attention to that? Probably not. There you go. I mean, he might have met him by the time he was at such a stature that, you know, captains don't really have to kill people. He sent, They send people to do that. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on, like, when Izzy met him. And he was probably already well established. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I don't think that this is something that Izzy would have picked up on because I don't think it would right. have mattered to him. So all of this is happening and the... And the, the the Dutch are very like, oh my God, these people are insane, but they're not really buying it. And then Lucius, uh, in the middle of a fever dream, basically oh comes out with his disgusting finger. He has a pair of very heavy shears yeah. and says, they can't cut off my finger if there's no finger to cut off. And he cuts it off and the blood spurts onto the Dutch sailors and they all start gagging and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. And Blackbeard stops his plan and says, oh, my God, that was incredible. How'd you do that? And Steed's like, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him. (laughs) (laughs) This is the point where the Swede starts singing. He pops up and starts singing this very angelic song. And Steed says, oh, that's my cue. Blackbeard says, is that the Swede? He says, yes, that's our little Nordic angel. (laughs) And see, Steed is now like super on board with him singing and everything, you know, like he, he, as much as at first he didn't like the idea of them creating the story by themselves, like now he's like so on board, you know, like he, he's, he's behind them the same way that they were behind him too. Yeah. And that's great. And so he says, keep watching. The big finale is coming up. So he pops out from behind the curtain. And he says, it would appear that the siren song has awoken a beast. Yeah. Not mere whale nor shark. Tis the greatest terror of the sea, the kraken. And at this point, the Dutch sailors are like, all right, I'm, we're done here. Yeah, exactly. They said enough nonsense. Like they're they're done with it. But at this point, someone is on the outside of the ship beating these fake tentacles on the window. <laughs> And Blackbeard sees this and Blackbeard gets extremely scared and starts freaking out. And then he falls out from behind the curtain and the Dutch sailors see him. They don't recognize that he's flipping out and he's completely incapacitated, but they say, oh, my God, it's Blackbeard. Yeah. Run. Yeah. <laughs> Abandoned ship. Yeah. Yeah. This moment, I and think, that's what gets them to leave. <laughs> yeah, I think that this moment is really fascinating because, like, mm-hmm. obviously, when he when Steed was talking was saying that the siren song had awoken a beast, he meant like the kraken that was the fake kraken yes. that was outside, right? But yes, with what we know later about you know Ed being mm-hmm. the kraken, and the fact that what scares the crew away is seeing Blackbeard, I just find mm-hmm. it really fascinating that the sequence is. The song has awoken the beast, cut to the Kraken, yes. cut to Ed, cut to the crew saying Blackbeard and running away. Like the beast yeah. that scares them most is Blackbeard. And it yes. comes back to what we were talking about with the, the animalization of Blackbeard. 
yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing. You know, it's all internal for him Mm -hmm. and it's all, uh, his persona to everyone else. Exactly. As they're running away, Ed kind of crawls into the bathroom and closes the door and Steed is very confused. Doesn't know what's going on. The crew is very proud of themselves and they're chasing the rest of the sailors away. And at this point, Steed is knocking on the bathroom door, trying to get Ed to let him in. And we get to a flashback of young Ed with his mother and father. His father is being extremely abusive, calling the food that his mother cooks slop and throws the plate at her and says, you know, why is that all you ever cook? And she says, it's all we can afford. The father slaps the mother and says, I got to get out of here. And, you know, we see young Ed very, very upset about what's going on. We cut back to Steed trying to get in. He gets in and he sees that Ed is laying in the bathtub with a blanket over him. Very upset. I thought it was one of uh, Steed's dressing gowns that he was wearing. Oh, yeah. Top. It's the yellow is dressing this? gown. Okay. Or I thought yeah, so, so anyway. Like, it doesn't really matter. But no, I think it's I'm... very cute that he's wearing something that belongs to Steed. Ooh, as I think a I, you're probably right. Steed is very confused. And Ed says, the Kraken didn't kill my dad. I did. And we cut back to the scene that he had laid out mm-hmm. um, earlier in the episode Instead of tentacles wrapped around this man's neck, it is actually a rope. And we see that young Ed is actually strangling him with a rope. Yeah. And he says, I'm the Kraken. Okay. So Mm -hmm. now I want to go back to the first scene where we Mm -hmm. see the Kraken and not Ed killing Ed's dad. Mm -hmm. In that scene, like they make a big show out of showing us the full moon in it's very, very large, very prominent. And the moon is also like the title card. So clearly like it has symbolism here. Right. And I'm, I'm reading it as a symbol for letting out the monster within, like letting out Mm. the, the running in the wilderness. And it's, in many stories, like the full moon particularly brings out the howling wolves or even the werewolf. And mm-hmm. here, Ed let out the Kraken in order to protect himself and his mother, arguably from the real monster who is his father. Mm-hmm. And so the Kraken is Ed's monster within. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I'm the Kraken. Yeah. Well, he says, so that's the thing. He says that because that's, I think what we're learning here is that Ed has different personas within him. Mm -hmm. So he's got Blackbeard and the Kraken and Ed, maybe Edward, you know, like there's his, his identity is pretty fragmented from Mm -hmm. arguably from all of the abuse that he suffered in his life. Yeah. And um, I think something that's really interesting is that Steed doesn't see him as the worst parts of himself, whereas Ed does see himself that way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice that the camera, when it was focused on Ed, had that like fragmented uh, look around the edges, like yeah. when Steed was being hanged? Yeah. Like the candle 
was fragmented. You could see double of it and, and the light was kind of strange around the edges. Yeah, that's true. I was kind of wondering what that meant. I think, I think it has to do with his identity being fragmented, but I think it could also mm -hmm. be read very like a bit more surface as like, this is how you see when you're crying and, and Ed is crying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I think that's that there's true. multiple ways of looking but at that. But it's funny because it wasn't, it didn't show it when like we're seeing Steed's face mm -hmm. because it, when Steed was being hanged, we were seeing like in a, on a slow swivel, like what Steed was seeing. Mm -hmm. And that was when it was kind of like kaleidoscopy around that's the edges. True. Yeah. When we're looking at Ed, it's fragmented. But when we're looking at Steed, which is ostensibly mm -hmm. Ed's point of view, it's yeah. clear. That's right. I don't know. I just found it really interesting that they used that camera effect again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he says that he's never actually killed anyone since, mm -hmm. which is historically possibly correct. Uh, I read a little bit about Blackbeard and the fact that he may have not actually had any documented kills. He cultivated a persona and then let that kind of take over instead of having to actually kill people. Okay. Wow. That I didn't know. Yeah. I hadn't read that. Um, <laughs> you might want to read a little bit more. I just kind of read a surface. Yeah. I, just, I you know, I think we just want to be super careful with that because while he may not have killed other people, like he did sure. do a lot of really horrible things. Um, oh yeah. 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 So <laughs> I just, I just want to want us to be careful, not conflating like the historical person who is yes. Edward Teach and like the the ed uh, that we're seeing in this show yes. yeah because they're two right. very separate entities mm -hmm. which is great uh but i think that that's really interesting that it may be actually something that's accurate mm -hmm. yeah and i mean once you get to be so infamous you don't have to necessarily right. well i mean that's kind of the whole premise at the very beginning for ed he's bored mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. is the same he doesn't have to do anything anymore. All he has to do is show up and people throw themselves overboard. And literally, that's what yeah. you're seeing here. Yeah. Yep. So uh, he says he's not, haven't killed another man since, not personally. So he's admitting that, like, at at his behest, people mm -hmm. are killed. I mean, heck, they killed the French merchant. Fang lashed him to something heavy and threw him overboard after he skinned him. So Exactly. Yeah. And now that's, and, and here's the thing too, right? Like knowing this, if we think back to Izzy, like encouraging him to kill Steed, he's basically encouraging him to tap into his monster within. Mm -hmm. And I think honestly, with all of this, I don't think that Izzy sees Ed as a man. And what I mean by that is that I think mm -hmm. he sees him as like the persona, not the person. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's forced to see the person because he's not willing to put on the persona anymore and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't yeah. actually like Ed. Hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> well, I think that's the whole thing too, right? Like if Izzy again yeah. is this the the um, toxic patriarchal standards, he was okay with Ed being Blackbeard and being mm -hmm. and obeying those standards. But the moment that he starts not doing that and being more yeah. himself and searching for who he really is, 
this is no longer acceptable. And I think that that's mm -hmm. a struggle that a lot of men live through mm -hmm. even today. Yeah. And I think just practically at this time uh, with pirates, their captains got overthrown all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you showed any sort of weakness, mm -hmm. they were like, okay, our loyalty isn't to you. Our loyalty is every man for themselves. Yeah. So he's very much the quintessential pirate on this show. That's true. Which isn't a great thing. No, let's but. be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, Steed says, I mean, I've seen you maim some people. And he says, maim means different. I love a good maim. <laughs> <laughs> but I always outsource the big job. And he says, and tonight I'm supposed to kill you. Mm. Very, He's so soft and that's the thing he says that like he has no control over it yeah and it it rem it again makes me think how much control he has and he's had over his own life and like how long has izzy been calling the shots yeah and <laughs> steed is very taken aback and says is is that still in the cards is that still in the cards <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to do a Kiwi accent because I know I'll butcher it. I mean, I can't do it, but I just, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I uh, I saw a really sweet interview with David Jenkins and Taika Watiti and Reese Darby. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about casting them. And he says once he cast the two leads as Kiwi, he it kind of informed his writing because instead of this harsh like ah let's go mateys it's a very key, he said to american ears kiwi accents are very soft and genial and lovely and and so you know instead of saying you know ah i'm blackbeard it's hello everyone i'm blackbeard you know <laughs> and he's like it just kind of informed the characters even more for him and it was cute because they didn't take offense to that. They were like, oh, thank you for saying that about our accent. That's lovely. <laughs> that is absolutely hilarious. I love, yeah. I love what they did. They were so free in their creative choices. And yeah. that's the whole thing. Like they did not let like the Izzy of real life, like, you know, the, yes. this, the, those very strict standards about how we see pirates influence how they actually wrote. I, Mm -hmm. love this so much about it yeah uh so he said he was supposed to burn his face off and take your identity and he's so soft and sweet and crying so hard and he's very upset and he says i'm not a good person he says that's why i don't have any friends do you remember now i can't remember if it's episode four or five but like when steed is like um, getting up from his injury and he tells Ed that he's a good man. Yeah. And Ed makes yeah. such a face. Like he's like, you can tell that he doesn't believe it. And now like this is coming full circle and like, we're just, mm. we're starting to get some payoff. I have a family member who for no good reason is extremely self-loathing. I mean, for no good overt reason, mm -hmm. like they are a good person and they do not see themselves as a good person and they punish themselves for that. And it breaks my heart, um, is a very dear loved one. And so for him to say, I'm not a good person while crying really oh, hit home for me yeah. because 
I've had that conversation mm-hmm. with with my loved one, you know, and this person telling me I'm not a good person, and I'm like, but but you are, yeah. you know, you haven't done anything that's horrible in your short life to to say you're not a good person, and you and you're punishing yourself over something that you shouldn't be punishing yourself over, and so it just it really hit me yeah, <laughs> just in sure. a very personal way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, I get so, that. Yeah, so hearing him say you know, I'm not a good person and crying. He's very sad. And he says, you don't belong in doggy heaven. And Steve's like, okay, is this a pirate term? I just <laughs> I love, love how they keep the humor. Yes. And Steve is just like so steady in the, in yes. his own ways. He's, and he's just so accepting of this. You know, he's like, yeah. oh, is he, he just rolls with all of the punches. Like he's so resilient yes. in that way. It's amazing because if you think about their dynamic, you would think of him as like the one who freaks out, the one who's hysterical, the one who is up, gets upset and Blackbeard should be the one that's like, oh, no, 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 let's do it this way. Mm-hmm. And maybe in terms of piracy, this is that is their role. But right now it's reversed. Steed is very steady and even and okay well we'll figure this out don't worry this this reminds me again of like couples dynamics where like the way that couples kind of present themselves in public isn't necessarily the way that they conduct themselves in private yes yes you're right uh and then so steed has his hand on the edge of the bathtub and after they kind of um, make their peace with this all that he's not going to kill him, mm-hmm. you know, that he doesn't think he's a good person. And he says, that's why he doesn't have any friends. And Steed says, Hey, I'm your friend. Mm-hmm. And he says, no. And he says, listen, what if we just pretended this whole murder idea never happened? And Blackbeard says, we could. And he says, I mean, I, I could, if you could. And he says, I think I might like that. Yeah. And Steed's very relieved and said, I would love that. And he says, thank you. And then he leans his cheek onto Steed's hand in such a soft and intimate way. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful. It's like that little like moment of connection of like physical connection after this really emotional connection that just happened. Like it's, it's very lovely, very well done, understated, like just really perfect. And I don't know if you've ever had, I'm sure you have, everyone usually has, the really hard conversations where mm. there's tears all around, yeah. really, really hard conversations as far as in, in a relationship. And you don't typically touch each other during that, mm-hmm. you know, when there's strife and when there's, if someone's extremely upset, at least I don't, mm-hmm. we don't, I don't typically touch the person. You're sitting there, you're offering them support, but it's, it's there's distance. Mm-hmm. And then once you come to kind of a consensus or the person has come to some sort of realization is that's when the touching starts and you kind of offer them comfort and you're like, okay. And that's just what it felt like. It was just a very tense conversation where they've come out the other side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just, it was beautiful. I agree. Honestly, I loved everything about this scene. It was so well done. Yes, it really was. It really was. So the very next scene is him, is Steed and Ed walking out onto the deck to cheers and applause. And they are cheering and applauding the crew. Steed is very excited. Ed has regained his composure and his swagger. He 
you know, he is very much Blackbeard again Mm -hmm. to the crew. Um, So Steed kind of allowed him to regain his composure and uh, save face for the crew, at least, who didn't really notice how badly he freaked out. Mm -hmm. So the crew, the crew's so cute. They're really, really proud of themselves. Um, Blackbeard says that he was afraid. And Black Pete was like, wait a minute. I thought you said you didn't get afraid. He was like, not until tonight. <laughs> and they're just so excited. Uh, he compliments the Swedes singing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Honestly, sweet. Honestly, every, again, everything about this is is perfect. Yes. Like, it just, it's so enchanting. Yes. So they said, Lucia's quite the feat, even though it was his hand. And where is he? And he's asleep. Fang is watching over him. And of course, since it was such a perfect ending, it couldn't end there. Izzy is irate. Oh. And says, Steed Bonnet, draw your weapon. Which, Izzy's the one who has the weapons, so. (laughs) He hands him a sword. And Ed says, no, Izzy, we're not doing this. And he says, no, you're not doing this, so I must. And he says, Steed fucking Bonnet, I fucking challenge you to a fucking duel. <laughs> yeah. Very Izzy's, easy way. Izzy, Izzy's big mad. <laughs> yeah. Big mad. And, and Steed says, well, I accept your challenge. And everyone's like, no, 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 But literally everyone is like, oh, no, don't do this. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Ed says, Steed, be careful. He really does know his shit. And he says... As do I. You've taught me well. And Blackbeard says, well, not that well. Did he not teach him properly on purpose, knowing he'd have to kill him? Like, is there, is there a chance that he didn't teach him well enough? I mean... Because he was like, well, I don't want him to get too good. If, if I'm... if So the way that I read that was that, like, was more like, I haven't had time to finish training you kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's it's more how I read weeks. it, but I kind of, yeah. like... <laughs> I think it's funny. Yeah, Yeah, he'd be like, "Uh, actually, I didn't teach you that really cool block because I didn't want you to block me. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) The crew is really cute. They're rooting for Steed and they're like, all right, come on, get him. Yeah. (laughs) They're saying something like wiggle your hips (laughs) and stuff like that. And Um, Jim just like stabbing the air. Like, it's just. Yeah. Again, Psych they are behind him this in in so strongly. <laughs> uh, they they establish the terms. The loser is banished from the ship if they're not dead. Yeah. So now it is a proper duel, and uh, the crew is very much not behind Izzy. I don't think there's one person who's actually cheering for Izzy. No. And uh, Frenchie calls him a cheeky bitch <laughs> when he gets Steed down. And he actually, like, gets him down on the ground and says to Steed, yield or die. Mm -hmm. And Steed grabs, like, a handful of, I think, gunpowder and says, I choose this and throws it in his face. Which would probably piss the ever-pirate-coated Izzy off. Yeah. For, you know, for doing a sneaky. Absolutely. But then again, I don't think Izzy would be above that if he was in that situation yeah, either right yeah. like he's very yeah. he's all it's talk no die. bite in that sense mm. yeah so then so izzy is is kind of slumped over because it's in his eyes and alawande says do it now and steed spanks him <laughs> and he's like no stab him 
for fuck's sake. But if you notice, that's what Ed did to Steve. That's so true. Like, he parried and then he smacked him on the butt. And so it's like... So maybe like that's Steve, why Ed says I didn't teach you that well kind of thing. Like I, like, I didn't use my full force. So, like, you're... You're yeah. gonna smack people on the butt instead of stabbing them because that's what I do with you, boyfriend. Yep. So before, just before we go any further, because like, there's one thing in that scene that kind of always that I watched it twice and like it just mm-hmm. boggles my mind. So it's at the so at the very beginning, like Ed tells Izzy, "No, we're not doing this." But Izzy goes like, "Yes, I am." So uh-huh. again, there's like this idea of like, who's really calling the shots in this particular relationship, like no matter yeah. what the nature of the relationship is. And then Ed just like stands back during the entire duel. Oh. Like he's not even looking. He turns his back. He's very upset. And he, uh, yeah, he's like cowering almost right. like he, he goes and he holds on to a rope and he's just kind of looking away. Mm-hmm. Like it's his greatest shame. It's like, I brought this man onto this boat, you know, I, I think I think the duel between Steed and Izzy is a duel inside of Ed as well. Mm. He is fighting these two forces inside as well, and he can't choose right now. He kind of has chosen, yeah, but he really can't choose. And this is this will be the ultimate defeat of that side of Blackbeard. I predict. Okay, because we're seeing externally the fight that's actually going on inside Blackbeard. I love that reading absolutely love it um because i wasn't sure what to make of it yeah and and i think that that makes a lot of sense and and speaking of not being able to choose this moment really reminds me of a french song from the 60s called avant la bagarre which basically means like before the fight and it's essentially okay. about this girl whose boyfriend takes her out to a place where she used to go with her ex-boyfriend. And she tells him mm-hmm. it's not a good idea, but he really insists. And then they do end up seeing the ex-boyfriend and the tensions really rise. And then the two boys start fighting. And the song basically ends with the girl going, well, whoever wins gets to call me tomorrow. <laughs> and I feel like that's basically what's happening, both yeah. you know, inside of Ed and also like, between yeah on multiple levels so like inside of ed between the two men as like fighting for his affection it just feels very toxic masculine in so many ways yeah. well if you want to read it also um through the lens of queerness you know does he want to come out essentially yeah and put his um money behind steed and hope that steed wins because he is discovering the side of himself that he didn't know or does he want to go back to the status quo and go back to his ship Mm -hmm. and be done with it all and just shove it all back down um and i don't think he's actually made that choice yet i agree i think he's still wondering and i think that the battle is a part of this yeah like it's an externalization of something that he feels yeah and he's like let's just let this play out because like he said loser gets banished yeah Whoever wins gets to call me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I'm going to have to listen to that song. <laughs> I won't understand it, but I'll listen to it. <laughs> I can definitely send it to you. It's There's a link. We can even yeah. put it in the show notes for those who want to listen oh, yeah. to it. It's just, That's yeah. amazing. They come to the end. Izzy has him kind of cornered. He's mm. up against the mast of the ship 
And he says, uh, you know, it's the end of the road. And he says, all right, let's call it a draw. Like he always says. Yeah. And Izzy says, nah, I'm good. And he stabs him yeah. exactly like Blackbeard was stabbed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and he screams and he says, did I do it right? He missed all the important bits. He is stabbed exactly where Blackbeard was stabbed. I still don't understand how the stabby can control where they're stabbed. But I'm sure, that, you know, they can kind of turn their body or whatever. Yeah, there you go. You would, I guess you would have to do that again. I'm sort of choosing right. to just be like, this is part of the universe. Let's not question it. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief and all that. Right. We forgot to mention that um, when Blackbeard was stabbed, they actually cut to his stab wound and he has like a million scars yeah. in that same location. Yeah. Very clear that he has been stabbed there that wasn't just talk he has been stabbed in that same location over and over and over and over again (laughs) yeah there you go and clearly he's still standing so yeah yeah so he's been stabbed you know obviously i thought this would end the duel because you know that there you go you're the loser you got run through yeah but izzy goes to pull his sword out but it's not only stabbed through Steed, it's stabbed into the mast of the ship. And Steed says, this mast's made from the finest cherry wood in Brazil. It's rather strong, actually. And he's really going into like a, a diatribe about his ship. And Izzy starts to lose it. Shut up. Don't you ever shut up, you rancid rat. Oh, yeah. And he's trying to pull his sword out. Of the mast and of steed. And at this point, the hilt breaks away from the blade. And apparently that means that his sword has been rendered inoperable. And by dueling tradition, according to them, it means that steed automatically wins. What a way to show that (sighs) steed cock-blocked Izzy. (laughs) Yep. He broke your sword, bro. Broke his sword. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's Izzy's face when he realizes that the sword broke and the way he looks up at Steed in that moment. Like it's mm-hmm. Again, I, I just I'm amazed at Con O'Neill in this in this series. Like Yeah. Ugh, wow. Well, and not to mention, like, his Twitter activity, he's so behind the fandom that it's so nice to know he's not, like, some asshole in real life. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like, yay. <laughs> I All his Twitter activity is just shitting on the conservative British people in Parliament and uh, our flag means death fan art. Yeah, basically. <laughs> queer fan art. Yeah, like, <laughs> shitting on the Tories and queer yeah. our, fan, our flag means death. Like, and I love it. it yeah. Everything about it is amazing. I tried to look up the rules of sword fighting to figure out if breaking your sword is, is like one of those rules. And I couldn't find anything. I didn't look very hard though. I honestly didn't even look because I felt like we had so much to talk about already that I I just, I didn't look it up, but I I think that that would be absolutely amazing to know historically (laughs) with historical accuracy. What are the rules of a duel? Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't really find anything. Uh, I found a lot of, like, gun duels, Mm -hmm. like, obviously, but not swords. 
Um, swords are usually the person dies and you win. So yeah, there you go. I would think they said that Steed wins. <laughs> Someone calls him Jizzy in your face, Jizzy. And oh my god! They're very excited. I didn't hear that? Oh, I'm screaming <laughs> it's, internally right now. It's in the right transcript. Now. It's amazing. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, so <laughs> this transcript kind of sucks because it doesn't always say who says what it just kind of so it's just dialogue yeah so i'm like man uh so they're all very excited steed is still skewered to the mast <laughs> and uh we cut away and it looks like it's the next day because it's like brighter than it was yeah, that's true. I always felt like this was the next day too, even though like I don't. Yeah, yeah even though Steed's still yeah. skewered to the mask. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is happening here? <laughs> they cut to Izzy in a little rowboat, and he's like, "So this is it? Then you're actually allowing this?" And he says, "You shouldn't have dueled him." Is Ed says this? We could have worked this out. Izzy says, "You will rue this day, Edward." You will rue it long and you will rue it hard. <laughs> okay, so like this whole exchange, you know, so this is it. We could have worked it out. You'll rue the day. Yes. Like it just, again, feels very much uh, like a, a breakup. breakup. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then Roach tosses a very phallic looking sandwich and hits him in the head. <laughs> and it, he says, oh, I made a sandwich for the trip. And it bounces off of Izzy's head and just sinks into the ocean and <laughs> Ivan says hey I would have eaten that and he says a fucking pox on all of you and he starts to row away Yeah. and Ed says well that's that <laughs> like he's like well he made my decision for me thank you yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think you know it makes me wonder like how indecisive Ed really is because I'm mm. not you know this this whole thing was like it did not correspond to my idea of how ed would be even though yeah. i knew that he was different from like the black beard that we had been told about right like this was a whole other level of like inaction and I, it makes me wonder yeah. like the kind of person that he really is he's extremely complex yeah i mean it's it's very interesting mm -hmm. um but i see so i mean characters i i love how human he is i mean we're all complex how many different facets of life have we decided to take a stand and then yeah. we are quiet in other facets. So mm. yeah, that's yeah. Sure. It's very interesting. Um, they cut to Fang, uh, giving like a, a, a funeral to Lucius's finger <gasps> and he's holding it. And he says, today we commit a piece of our beloved Lucius to the sea. And then instead of doing anything nice, he chucks it really hard and says, be gone, you foul thing. <gasps> And we cut to Steed, who is still skewered against the mast, and says, oh, that's a tad inelegant. He could have skimmed it like a stone or something oh festive. <laughs> Always with the hell, his, like, theatrical ways, Steed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So then here is the sweetest, 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 most soft scene in the world. And... Black Pete is talking to Lucius and he says, you know, I thought I was going to lose you. Mm. And Lucius says, well, you nearly did. And Black Pete says, you know, I'm, I'm used to death, but, um, but not, um, your death. Mm. 
And he says, anyway, I made this for you. And he opens a box and it is a finger. It's a wooden finger. And he says he whittled it. And he says, it looks like a thumb, but it's a finger. You don't have to wear it. And Lucius just breaks out into the biggest smile and says he loves it. And he says, I don't know. I didn't know you whittled. And he says, well, there's a lot you don't know about me. (laughs) And then he says, actually, that's kind of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's just such a sweet moment. I loved it. So sweet. And Lucius walks by Steed and says, you good? (laughs) Steed says, well, I'd love to have it out. And he goes, well, uh, I'll go get someone. (laughs) Lucius Lucius is giving, is mirroring Steed's energy. I will say this because Steed (laughs) didn't care about his finger. And so I think Lucius is like, I'll go get someone. Because yeah, I will says, help you, you as breathing. much as you helped me, <laughs> sir. That's so funny. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. But yeah, I'm like, wait, someone get this poor man. He's been stabbed. Yeah. He's going to get an infection. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you can't cut off your stomach, dude. So funny. And I fully expect next episode he is just going to be fine. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, we cut to Spanish Jackies. So we see Geraldo. I w- I'm so sorry. Saying, I, I just, I would find it even funnier. <sighs> if if Lucius, he's still there. If Lucius had all his fingers next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know that they're doing the wooden finger so they don't have to pretend he doesn't have a finger exactly the entire time but oh my god now i'm gonna watch for it this will be amazing like hopefully they'll do some makeup to where it looks like a wooden finger but uh, let's hope it's really shitty makeup and he has complete like movement of it yes i hope that it really contrasts with like the the prosthetic nose that jim had like i i really hope yeah the professional level prosthetic nose in the 1700s yes exactly Oh, my gosh. So we cut to Spanish Jackies, which is refreshing. I was I was hoping we'd see them again, yeah. honestly. So this seems like this will play out a little bit more. So it'll be interesting. Um, and Geraldo is saying, I was thinking we should serve food. And Jackie, he's giving her all these ideas. And Jackie says, shut the fuck up. I don't pay you to think. Uh, I don't want to mess with the kitchen, menus, wait staff. And Izzy pops up and says, I have a more lucrative proposal in mind if you're open to it. And Spanish Jackie says, get this man a drink. And that's where we end. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah. So it's very clear that Izzy is going to be the big bad. They're going to have to tangle with him some more. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, I think so. I wonder, I wonder, you know, again, historically we know what the downfall of these two men was, but it kind of makes me wonder what will be the downfall in this story, because it seems like Izzy is a much more likely um, antagonist, really, than than the French, uh, than the English Navy or, or anything like that. Yeah, that's true. We still haven't seen them either. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like multiple, multiple adversaries for for my 
friends. I know. Eh? I'm like, no, I want to. I want to no. see. I want to see them be happy and enjoy their stories yes. around the campfire on the deck. <laughs> yes, exactly. Can't we just see that? <gasps> Um, do you have any predictions for the upcoming episodes? Well, well, I don't know if it's a prediction, but I would definitely like to see like how the relationship between Ed and Steed morphs now that Mm -hmm. there's quote unquote, no more secrets between them. Yes. Um, so I think that that's what I would like to see. I would like to see (laughs) how, how Lucius's finger (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what I'd like to see in the next episode. What about you? I think um, that this is a turning point. I think if you we're going to see another paradigm shift um, because if you look at episodes one through three, this is Steed's ship, and this is what's going on in Steed's ship. Episodes four through six, this is technically Blackbeard's ship because he decided it was. That's true. And Izzy was there bossing everyone around it was izzy's ship to a certain degree yeah it was izzy's ship now izzy's gone and so will episode seven through nine be their ship and then episode 10 is the epilogue well that's the whole point about this particular era of like the the upcoming three episodes and i think that you're really onto something here because this kind of will allow us will allow Ed to discover himself without Izzy there to enforce yes toxic masculine standards and colonial yes. standards onto him. To me, like this is all lumped into one thing. Um yeah. and so it'll be really interesting to see Ed kind of becoming who he is and step into his own the same way that mm-hmm. Steed has been stepping into his own throughout the series. Yeah. But at the same time, now they're going to have so much more external pressure, like less friendly pressure where Izzy's saying it, but Izzy's saying it because he wants Ed to succeed in his way, in Izzy's determined way he wants Ed to succeed. Mm -hmm. Now they have some true adversaries. Izzy wants him not to succeed. He wants him to fail. The English army wants them to fail. I mean, I think that's also the reality of decolonializing or yeah, yourself, your your thoughts yourself. And it's the reality right. of, of of taking down the patriarchy uh, and mm-hmm. not obeying it and not yeah. obeying those standards. It's that the institutions will start going after you. And that's yeah. exactly what's happening. Yeah. So you've got now the 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 British who are representing colonial standards and you have mm-hmm. the pirates who are representing more you know patriarchal standards and they're not following either so exactly so they're pissing everybody yeah. off in that sense <sighs> come on boy just sail away sail away and be happy forever yeah, run away together <laughs> it'll be fun <laughs> all right well let's head to the shore for a message in a bottle The message reads, As a queer, neurodiverse person, this show has been a breath of fresh air. I've never seen myself so well represented, both in the number and variety of queer characters, but in how several of them also display neurodiverse traits, and those aren't depicted in a negative light, just as a part of who they are. I can't say if it was intentional, but I've found more comfort in it than I can possibly express. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Amazing. Yeah, that's that's really one thing that we haven't really talked about all that like explicitly, but this is yeah. also so true. So, I mean, I consider myself neurotypical and so I'm not picking up on all the cues that everyone does, but I think it's so great when everyone can pick up different traits that really speak to them and this cast and this storyline is so diverse. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing how many different yeah, exactly. I, 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 I'm in the same boat in that sense. Like I don't, um, I don't have a diagnosis or anything like that. I just, but again, it's, it's really wonderful for people to feel, to see themselves on the screen in many yes. different ways. And we, we've talked about a lot of different ways in which people see themselves are presented. Um, not this particular one. So thank you so much, uh, listener yeah. for bringing this up to us. Yeah. It's amazing. I really love the perspective from uh, queer fans, from neurodiverse fans, from, you know, fans of color who talk about the representation on this show. Yeah. Uh, They've really managed to capture lightning in a bottle with this one. Yeah, definitely. And I hope that it becomes more of the standard instead of such an outlier. Yeah. Thank you for visiting the Gentleman Pirates Library. Please do wash your hands before reading. Who knows what kind of dirt you found on the deck. Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can send us a message in a bottle using the link in our show notes and our Twitter bio. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us at Gentleman Pirate. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R, and the number eight. We'll be back next week with our coverage of Book 7. What did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? Oh, man. Um, um, I'm, uh, I don't know. I matey. Get it? Oh, no. I'm-